Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media, where I'll include their links in the show notes. My dad is so famous, and a lot of people come to see him up on stage. And how many people, even? And that's all, almost. But I hope y'all love his show, and I hope that y'all really love it. That Dad, my dad wants to say a few things. Who who was just talking? I don't know. What's your name? Poppy. All right, Poppy. Go have go do something. Hi, my name is Holland House, and this is I'm with my dad at the dinner table and we were and we are talking in a microphone i hope you love his shows and his books and his um shirt and his magazine hope you love him bye those kids were not paid to say those things i was sitting down i'm completely out of content and i was sitting here at the uh, table at my farmhouse and i'm like man i gotta I got to get another episode recorded because I'm leaving for Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, Monday, the day that this comes out, um, on the 18th. And so I'm not going to have another chance to record and I'm sitting here at the house and I asked the girls, I was like, you want to say something in this microphone? And that's the best, that's the best shit that they could come up with. Um, apparently Poppy thinks that, that I'm super famous. Um, I guess she thinks that I'm up there with like the A-list celebrities, but Hey, I'll let her think what she wants. Um, we can still go to Cracker Barrel and not get recognized, if you know what I'm saying. So, we, uh, then the other one, the other one's so shy, she doesn't even know what to say. But that's how it goes, man. Two different personalities. And so, my, uh, my personality is every bit of Poppy's. I never, I never thought I would have girls, um, as a father. I actually wanted girls, but I didn't think it would happen. I actually knew that I was going to end up having boys and I was scared to death because I know how I am. I know how I was. I know that I don't tolerate any bullshit. And I was afraid that if I had boys, I'd be in prison by the time I was in, but by the time they were like a year old, because I would have had them working, you know, at six months. And I, and I was watching home alone with my girls last night, the family, we were sitting here watching home alone. And I didn't know how awful that movie actually really was. Because when I was a kid and I would watch Home Alone, you thought it was funny. This kid was taking out these adults who were trying to break into his house and it was all good. But 
I remember as a kid thinking the entire movie was that scene, but it wasn't. I watched this this movie last night with my family and I actually wanted to turn it off because it was setting a bad example. That little that little fucking kid Kevin was calling his mom dumb and talking back to adults and I was I was getting mad. I was like, "Oh my god, if that were my son, I'd punch him in the fucking face." Like I was I was getting furious and my girls were watching this and I was like, man, this is setting a bad example for my kids. Well, my kids wouldn't talk like that. But anyway, I guess I'm just getting old and grumpy. But listen, I want to talk about today, I want to talk about recharging, regrouping, and refocusing. I really needed that um, after, you know, last week when I was in Chattanooga for a week teaching 10 classes, 10 post-traumatic purpose classes, I needed to just get away and relax and unplug from social media, unplug from work for a while and just get back to me. And I can't tell you how important that really is. I can tell you, but do you, do you know, do you really know how, how important it is to just unplug from everything for a while and focus on yourself and the things that make you happy? I, I try to practice what I preach the, the best that I can. I try to be a living example of of the things I talk about, but it's even it's hard for me because uh, you know I do have have a life that I have to accommodate a lot of different people, and so it is hard sometimes focusing solely on yourself. But man, I'm gonna tell you what: this last week it was my my kids' spring break, my wife's spring break. We all just came out to the farm, we unplugged, and had a great time, and it was it was nice and stress-free for the most part. Um, kids, obviously they'll get under your skin sometimes. And I, you know, I was telling jokes on stage about being a dad and being a dad that has post-traumatic stress and, and how sometimes we're not the kindest, gentlest, um, parents in the world when you're parenting with post-traumatic stress. Like I was the kind of, I would always tell this joke, like I was the kind of father that you didn't want in a, in a, in a room with a three-year-old arguing about what color popsicle they did or did not get. Um, and then I went into some disciplinary actions that oh, over the years was really funny. But then as the PC culture and the woke culture started coming into comedy shows, um, those jokes started getting less and less funny. Um, so fuck it. <laughs> so when's the last time you stopped going a thousand miles an hour? Um, I talk about this. I talked about it in um, chaos is calm and calm is chaos. I'm not good at putting my feet up. I'm not good at just stopping and just letting time go by. And I really worked on that this week and I failed a lot. I actually failed several, probably six or seven different times. I, I was like, I'm just going to sit on the porch and I'm going to do nothing. And I'm going to watch these birds and I'm going to feel this breeze and the sunshine on my face. And I may have made it 20, 30 minutes tops before I found myself out in the field digging through hot ashes because I was burning fires in my fields and I was clearing more pastures and I was out there on the tractor and I was smoothing out, um, hot ash piles and picking out sticks with my hands and I was filthy and my, I couldn't breathe because one, the smoke and the embers and the heat, but two, it's cause I was exhausted and it was hot outside and, but I would rather be doing that. I, it's almost like I'd rather be punishing myself with some sort of activity outside than relaxing and sipping a glass of lemonade. That's just the way that I tick. While I was outside working, I, I was getting 
I was getting angry, not, well, not angry, just, I was getting put off. I would just be honest with you because my wife works all the time. She never gets a break. She never gets a break from her kids. She never gets a break from her work. So when she gets a break, she wants to relax. And I told you, I'm not a guy that likes to relax. I can't relax. So I don't understand how people relax. I just don't, I don't comprehend that. And that doesn't mean they're wrong. It means I'm wrong because everybody's different. And I remember I was working out and this is, I'll tell you right now, this is one of the biggest things that bothers me is, um, I'm big into the team, team environment. And if I feel that my team is not being a team, then it, then it upsets me. But the problem is it's, um, it, I'm extremely selfish with that. And I realize that after I get upset and this is me just putting my cards on the table. So I, I was working in the field. Now my wife is, she's already helped me several different times up in this point. And then she was on the porch, just relaxing, reading a book. I didn't say anything, but I kept looking up there thinking, man, it must be nice to just sit there and read a book. And I'm out here working. And I didn't think for a second, like, Hey, this woman never just gets, she never gets to stop. She never gets to just relax and not be a mom and not be a teacher, but just enjoy something for herself. And I sat there while picking up sticks in the hot fire. And all I could think about was myself and I was being selfish. And that's not right because what, what we end up doing is we end up taking our, I I talk about this, making our problems, other people's problems. And what we do is we end up getting short and we get very quiet. Some of us verbalize, some of us don't. I don't have to verbalize it. You can feel the energy change with me when, when this happens. Um, I always admit fault. I'm not, I don't pretend to be a perfect person, so I'm not, I'm not above it admitting fault, but I got to admit when I walked on the porch, I was, I was put off and it was a very uncomfortable situation, but it's nothing that we can't communicate and get through. Right. I just wish that in those moments, it's it's weird because in those moments when your brain tells you one thing, it's so difficult to slow down and actually talk yourself out of the irrational thinking that you're having. And that happens in all types of different behavioral um, situations, whether somebody says something that, that lights your fuse, whether somebody just does nothing and lights your fuse, you're going, it's, I talk, I talk uh, a lot about perspective. You're going to see whatever it is you want to see and your mind is going to convince you that that's what you're seeing. And that's not, that's not the case. See, it took me sitting in front of a microphone, sitting down and actually stepping back outside of that situation and looking at the situation as a whole, but not just from my selfish one-sided point of view. And I try to tell people all the time, that's what we got to do in almost every situation. We have to be able to stop and remove ourselves from whatever it is and look at it through a different lens. So how do we do that? How do you do that in the instant when you become aggravated in the moment that you're someone lights your fuse, uh, it, 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 it starts with practice. And I look, I'm still working on it years later. I know I used to be the guy where I couldn't hold my tongue at all. If something bothered me, boom, if whoever was on the other end of, of that knew about it. But I think with maturity comes a little bit of wisdom. And I realized that words, words are sharper than, than any knife in a drawer sometimes. So 
some things are best best left unsaid until the appropriate time to say them until you can find an appropriate time to say them. And that's, that's the advice I would give somebody in that situation where, um, you got a lot on your mind, but it probably isn't the best time to, to divulge what's on your mind because you make other people pay for that. And it's not even through words. A lot of times it's just through our actions alone. I've never realized how much the saying patience is a virtue. I never realized just how true that was because patience doesn't necessarily mean waiting on somebody all the time, but patience can, the way I, I reflect on patience is patience in my words, patience in my thoughts, patience in my actions. Let, let my thoughts play themselves out before my mouth starts moving. Let my thoughts play themselves out before my body language starts changing. And that's something I I really, really try to work on. Now, I'll tell you, I was in a very uncomfortable position not too long ago. And I held my tongue, I think, more than I ever have. And I can't tell you when or where it was. But I don't think I've ever held my tongue feeling the way that I was feeling inside. And let me tell you something. Afterwards... I didn't feel regret for not saying what I wanted to say in this situation. You know what I felt? I felt pride. I felt proud of that for once in my life. Not not once, but in a situation like that where I normally was would not be able to hold my tongue. I was able to do that. And that showed me, it showed me that I've experienced tremendous growth. And I love this growth process, you know, because it's such a learning, a learning lesson and it's a beautiful thing. And I think with growth becomes peace. And what am, what am I always searching for? I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for more peace, right? I've had enough chaos in my life. I just want more peace. But like I've said in episodes, that peace is sometimes chaotic too. So it's where do you find the delicate balance with the two? Where do you, where do you find that peace without being too peaceful or or peaceful to the point where it's compromising to your mental health. And I think that's a lot of times I think people that are are similar to, to me, similar to what I've experienced and you know, the behavioral traits that we possess, I think without the chaos, there is no peace. So, so we actually end up having to create it when there is none. And I think that happens in relationships too. It's, I'm not talking about being a drama queen, but I'm talking about sometimes there just, there needs to be some riffing going on or some negative energy because that's all we've known our entire lives. And so when we don't have a good, what I'm going to call a good positive negative energy situation going on, we're, we're lost. We don't know how to handle a 100% peaceful environment sometimes. So we have to create just a little bit of uneasiness to put us on edge because let's, let's be honest, a lot of people in in these, in these businesses that we're in and a lot of people with these behavioral traits that we're in, we're uneasy people. Case in point, I'm sitting out here on my, my farm trying to recharge, regroup and refocus. And I'm out here with my kids and I find everything's great. And then, uh, all of a sudden, like one of them will start screaming, they'll start fighting and I feel something inside of me like 
it's almost like somebody's like fucking with my time bomb, you know, and I, I, I try to harness it. I distance myself from the noise and just try to go out and get a little bit of more, you know, find a little more peace. And then it follows me. And then, then it's like, I start looking for negative things and, um, to justify why I'm having these feelings inside case in point. I was, um, I was feeding my horses the other day and one of them, King, he's an asshole and nugget. He, he's, he's a sweetheart, but King is a dickhead. Now, when I was, um, when I was feeding them, I went to start my farm truck. Old blue, old blue wouldn't start. Okay. I turned the battery on. It was dead. So I'm trying to jump it off. I've jumped a thousand cars in my life, but all of a sudden blue is having very, it's being extremely difficult to get him jumped off. I couldn't get a good negative connection on the battery. So I was trying to find a part of the uh, piece of metal on the frame that I could attach my negative um, jumper cable to and come to find out the, the piece I was hooking to, for whatever reason, it was corroded or dirty or whatnot. So I wasn't getting a good connection. While I was dealing with that, King starts kicking my gate um, or the, the stall door off of it because he was done. He starts kicking the stall door. He ends up before I could get to him. He kicked it off the hinges. Now, let me tell you something. I don't like disrespect. I don't ever disrespect anybody. I don't like being disrespected, even by animals. <laughs> so I, I worked really hard to build this place with my own two hands with very little help, mind you. So when he did that, I took that personally and I got mad as shit. I started calling him piece of shit horse. I'm always, I was pissed at him. And in that instance, what it was, was I needed, I needed something negative to fuel the fire that I was already feeling because old blue wasn't starting. King was being an asshole. The kids were yelling and screaming and I needed something to like help put me over the edge. And that was it. And it was, it was a small bomb went off inside. I mean, I didn't run around here screaming and, and, and like yelling at everybody else. That's not what I'm saying, but, but it put me in a bad mood and I needed to recharge, regroup and refocus from that incident alone. And that's what I'm getting at. Sometimes you don't need to unplug from an entire week or an entire month. You need to unplug from an entire quick three minute situation sometimes. And this is what happened. I load, I got old blue jumped off. And the reason I was jumping him off is I was going to the county dump to throw out the trash because we don't have trash services out here. I hopped my ass in old blue. I had the windows down and I drove to the dump and that was it. It was over. I got back and I was fine. I took a, a 15, 20 minute drive around in the country and came back and I was a brand new man. But what happens is when you don't do that, now you just had those three negative things that affect you negatively or those three events that affect you neg negatively. And now what happens is you start compiling event after event after event. So what happened, what would happen if I wouldn't have recharged, regrouped and refocused after that event? I'll tell you what would have happened. The next slightest little thing would have set me off. That's where we get into selfishness. You have to be selfish enough to address that this is going on and you have to remove yourself from whatever situation. My kids are having a good time. Wife's on the porch reading a book again, right? And I was the toxic one. I'm like, you know what? I need to remove myself so I can be better. Look, let's face it. I am different. Most of you listening to this, you listen to this because you are different. Or you're married to somebody who is different. And you're trying to figure this out along the way like we're, we're all trying to do. Um, but I think 
selfishness plays a big role in this. And you have to be able to be selfish enough to say, look, I got to go take care of me for five or 10 minutes. And that's all you got to do. I was watching those horses eat yesterday, man. And it was, it was beautiful because I was sitting out there again, breeze blowing. I'm in a peaceful place. I was on the phone with my boy, Randy. And, uh, he was like, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm sitting on my kid's golf cart and I'm watching these horses eat. And he goes, dude, you're right where you need to be. You're right where exactly you want to be and you need to be. And and it felt great. In that instance, I was like, I've known that for a long time, but it is true. Especially when you hear somebody else tell you that it, it just, it, it reinforces the fact like, you know what? Everything played out in life the way it needed to for me anyway. Um, and I, I try to tell people that all the time. You have to find the good in the bad, no matter how hard that is. You have to be able to step back again through perspective and look at it with a, through a different lens. All these bad things that happen in our lives, they put us exactly where we need to be. And what you choose to do with that is completely up to you. I could have, I could have laid on the couch and been a drunk the rest of my life. I could have laid on the couch and popped pills the rest of my life and, and had a pity party and felt sorry for myself, but I didn't do that. I... I just went with it. I was like, all right, man, I'm going to go wherever this painful ass road is taking me, but I'm going to try my hardest to find the good in this. And when I really sit back and look now, if I could take back some unfortunate events in my life, sure, I would do that in a heartbeat, but those unfortunate events, that's what makes us. And it turns us into the people that we are. And it actually gives us an opportunity to help change other people's future, hopefully for the better. Now, when I was watching, watching these horses eat, I noticed something. I noticed a bird right next to my horse's mouth on the ground. It's just a little bird. And he was eating seeds out of the grass, and the horse was sharing the grass next to him. The horse wasn't aggressive towards him. The bird wasn't afraid of him. And I thought about it. I said, you know what? If I got off this damn golf cart right now, that's an 1,100-pound horse, probably 900 to 1,100 pounds, something like that. But I'm 225 pounds. If I started walking towards that bird, he would fly off within, I don't know, probably 40 feet. Probably wouldn't even let me get within 40 feet, 50 feet of him. And it reinforced what the thing I told my daughter in the past. She, My daughter asked me one time, she said, Daddy, what's the most dangerous animal on the planet? And without hesitation, I told her, humans. I said, humans are the most dangerous animal ever. And she didn't understand that. She's like, I don't understand why, why humans? And I was like, because we are evil. The things that we do, um, I, I didn't tell her this about, I made up some other bullshit, but the things that we can sit around and do to one another, the way that we treat one another, the way that we treat other animals on the planet, other things on the planet, the way we desecrate things, the way we just take advantage of everything, the way that greed manipulates, um, our integrity, all of that. And you look at a fucking animal and all they do is they just want to eat grass in harmony together. And me and Randy have talked about this in the past. Animals know that man is dangerous and that's why they stay away. That bird doesn't know that horse. That horse didn't spend its lifetime or several months trying to convince that bird he was a good horse and that he wouldn't stomp his little brains out or he wouldn't eat him right there. That bird just knew that's a horse and that's a friendly creature. But that bird doesn't know... Me, he doesn't know Travis Howes is actually very 
fond of animals. And Travis Howes will no longer ever hurt animals. I don't hunt anymore or any of that stuff. I don't knock hunters. That's not what I'm saying. I just choose not to hunt anymore. I've done enough of it in my life. I've had my fill of it. I'm good. But that bird immediately sees a human being and he associates it with evil and he associates it with danger. And that's kind of the the explanation I had, you know, with with my daughter. And it is sad because when I'm sitting when I'm sitting anywhere, you know, I don't I don't fear a fucking bird coming and attacking me. I don't fear um, a horse running out of nowhere and mauling me and kicking me. You know what I fear? I fear human beings. And that's I shouldn't say fear. What I'm aware of, I'm aware of human beings. I'm more cautious with human beings than I am animals because human beings will take advantage of you at every turn. If you allow them an animal, normally if they, they attack, they're just trying to survive or get out of a dangerous situation. That's it. That, or they have rabies. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but take what you want from it. This is where I was going with, uh, I had to hit stop for a second and, and again, refocus. This is where I was going with that last story. I'm going to, I'm going to say a quote that I'm not a big quote guy, but I do like this one. And it, and it says this, there's no satisfaction in accepting a life that is less than you are capable of living. What is, what is that? What does that mean to you? How does that hit you in your eardrums? Are you doing exactly what you want to do in life? Are you where you want to be in life? And are you where you need to be in life? I ask these questions every so often on these podcasts because the only thing keeping you from all of that is you. There's no situation. There's no person. There's nothing that can dictate your life being anywhere other than where you need to and want to be. And that is the beauty and the power of the human mind. No matter what your situation, you can, you can conquer it and you can put yourself exactly where you want to be. Most people do not because of the one powerful E word called excuses. It will make excuse after excuse after excuse. I just look, I'm not father of the year. I just had a talk with my daughter. She got caught lying to her mother. And this was the oldest one. She doesn't do shit wrong. And I, that's why I was surprised when my wife said that Holland um, lied to her. I was like, wait, what? And so I went inside and I talked to her. I talked to Holland. I said, look, I want you to tell me why you lied. And she started coming up with all these excuses. And I was like, listen, no, I want you to think about it. And I want you to tell me why you lied. Like, what was it inside of your little eight-year-old body that in mind that told you in this moment, I need to lie and not tell the truth. And it was over something stupid. And what I found is this. She could not be honest about that, even with herself. She was trying to justify that lie versus just owning it. Now, granted, she's not she's not a grown human being to where uh, a, like a grown human could, could stop and say, look, I lied because I feared this, but she didn't do that. She kept trying to make excuses. And what happens is over time, if we don't start correcting that now, she'll get used to lying to not only to herself, but to, to others or, or not to others, but herself. And then she won't even know why she's lying. Now, I don't think it's going to be a problem with her because she's never done that. She actually is usually honest to a fault, but 
what, what I'm trying to take from that is this. If we keep lying to ourselves by making excuses all the time, who is that really helping and who is that really hurting? It's, it's not helping you and it certainly is hurting you. I know how hard it is to be honest with yourself. It's harder to be honest with yourself than it is with another human being. And I, I mean 100% honest. When's the last time you looked in the mirror or just sat down and talked to yourself out loud and said, look, you are this person because of this. And this is nobody else's fault except your own. All the decisions in life that you have made have led you to right where you are right now. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people will find excuses and, and point fingers so they can feel better inside. And that's, that's, that's short term. It's a, it's a short term solution to a long term problem. I should say the future, the future is bright only if we allow it to be. And if we move towards it, honestly, right? If we keep, if we, we, we keep living in a constant state of denial with who we really are, the future is never going to change for us. Like things may, may happen better for you down the line, but you're still going to be that empty person inside. Once you, once you get to wherever it is you want to go, I like to think about it like this. I don't know how much future I have left. I know how much past I have. I have 44 years of past, but I don't know how much future I have. I'm afraid to say, but I'm pretty sure I have more past than I have future. So why not leave that past where it is and stop dragging it forward with me? Too many people do that. Um, I've been very cognizant of this as, you know, last several years as I, I, I try to move on and move into a healthier direction. And I encourage people to do the same thing. It's like, look, the past, it doesn't define you. It can make you stronger, but it can refine you and make you such a better person if you allow it to and don't dwell on it and just keep pressing on and keep pressing on. Look forward to the future and embrace it and use those strengths that you've gained along the way. Use that, those character building days, the ones that sucked, use those to enlighten and enhance your future um, and, 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 and build it into a world that you could have never imagined because it's so possible. Stop today. Stop the negative thinking for just even, I don't know, try, try an hour of just pure good thoughts. No matter what's happened to you, think of yourself as a good human being and a deserving human being. And think about the possibilities and think about what you'd like to achieve in life and how you can make that happen and what in your world is holding you back from that and how do you go get it having said that i know look i know i'm kind of all over the place with this but i like when i told you i unplugged this week normally I, throughout the week i'll make notes on my phone of little things i want to talk about but i needed to get away from that i had to i really appreciate the support that everybody gives me it means the world and I don't want to, I don't want to fall short on Mondays by not having something. So this is me sitting down on Saturday before I do my Easter with my kids tomorrow. Cause I'm getting in the car and I'm, I'm heading out tomorrow. I don't get to spend my entire Easter, their Easter with them. I got to roll out because I got classes to teach. So I wanted to just sit down 
and tell you something. And, uh, again, I don't, I don't go back and listen to these episodes when I'm done. I don't know if some of them make sense or if they don't, but I try to speak from the heart every single time. I didn't have any notes to guide myself this time from those heartfelt thoughts that I get throughout the week sometimes, or those slaps in the face that I get that I'm like, you know what? I can, I can put this in a podcast and talk about this. That didn't happen this week because Hey, sometimes you got to recharge, regroup and refocus and you got to completely unplug. And I I think y'all should do that too. I think, I think it's a, it's a very uh, healthy dose of medicine that everybody can benefit from. Wish me luck this week in Chattanooga. I have 10 more classes. Chattanooga, Tennessee, all first responders and spouses are welcome. Hamilton County, surrounding counties. Come on out, 10 classes every day at the Fire and Training Police Center on Amicola Highway, 8 o'clock and 1 o'clock every day we're having classes. So after that, it's Johnson City, Tennessee, baby. Uh, I think it's the first week in May. Don't quote me. Let me go to my calendar real quick, and I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, Let's see. Yes, Johnson City, Tennessee. April the 3rd and 4th, and that's at Johnson, Tennessee Fire Department. Apex, North Carolina, you're after that. April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Virginia Professional Firefighters Association in Woodbridge, Virginia. That's for their union. That's going to be Wednesday, May the 25th. Jackson, Tennessee, Professional Firefighter Summit. Thursday, May the 2nd and the 3rd. That's your ass. Um, DC, DC Fire Department. We just changed the dates from the 30th and the 1st. I'll have to get back with you on the D.C. dates because D.C. is, um, I didn't update that in my thing. It's on my website, travishouse.com. Those dates are accurate. July 15th, Leon County Sheriff's Office in Tallahassee, Florida. July 18th and 19th, we're going to the federal government side. We're at Paris Island Fire Department, South Carolina. August the 18th and 19th. I'll be uh, speaking at TedCon uh, in Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. And then September the 8th, Apopka, Florida. And, oh, it looked D.C. Fire Department, excuse me. They moved to September the 19th and the 20th. And then it's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, September the 29th and 30th. And then Middletown, Connecticut, uh, October the 1st and the 2nd. Uh, and then we got Iowa Peer Support Foundation in Des Moines, Iowa, October the 22nd. And then October the 26th, Brothers Helping Brothers in Beaver Creek, Ohio. Beaver Creek, that's funny. Um, November the 20th, or excuse me, November the 15th through the 17th, Moline, Illinois Fire Department. Two classes a day for three days there. And that's the end of my tour schedule, baby. And then uh, we're, into, we're into January of next year. And I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start telling y'all all those dates, but 2023 is filling up too. So those who are asking, there it is. If not, you can always go to my website, travishouse.com. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Thank y'all. Bye.